98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does it smell good? Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas's ultimate sports fan destination. All right. <laughs> Wolf's been wearing a football helmet for the last five minutes. Took it off, though, for the segment. I that is so cool right there. Oh, my goodness. I haven't had a lid on in... 20 years? Really? You haven't even put one on? 20. Seriously. Why would I put one on? I don't know, but you put one on today because it's the Cardinals' new helmets they're going to wear on uh, this weekend. And it fit. I noticed, I noticed you liked it. We tweeted out from the show account. Uh, it's time for all of today's top sports stories in one day. It's wolfing down your lunch. Here, as always, is Aaron Maloney. So it's that time of year again, guys, when NFL players cast their votes to identify the best in the league heading into the 2022 NFL season. Last night, players ranked 100 to 51 were released. Three Cardinals made the list. At number 80, you had James Conner. James Conner's story has been well documented. Overcoming cancer in college to become an NFL. NFL starter. After four years with the Steelers, he began a new chapter last season in Arizona, where he continues to rewrite the book on perseverance. At number 67, it was Buda Baker. He's a force. He comes out of that center of the field and he comes down full speed. He's trying to take your helmet off. He's trying to, he's trying to blow you up. Smart teams know there's only one way to survive Buda Baker. You know, we've got the Buda rule um, here where um, you know you just want you, someone block Buda. Wherever he is, someone make sure you go and block Buda because um, he's going to be flying from wherever he is on the field. He's going to be flying. He's going to be around the ball. And at 57, you had Kyler Murray. Nobody in this room is fast as this kid. He's like that little kid. You can't catch me. You can't catch me. Then and then, he literally runs around like that, like that little bad kid. It's a sixty-minute game of catch me if you can, and Kyler Murray remains the king of the playground. What do you guys think of those ratings? Look, I don't tend to get too caught up in the exact number, but Wolf. I do want some sort of explanation why Buda Baker dropped almost 50 spots. Yeah. Hmm, I don't know what that explanation would be. But I will tell you right now, the fact James Conner. I mean, Buda Baker, yeah, Buda Baker, we all expected Buda be, to be there, especially after he was number 19. Kyler Murray, the same thing after a couple of Pro Bowls. We could talk about should he be in the top 50 at number 57. I think right now, going into his fourth year, that's sounds about right. Uh, James Conner at number 80. Is anyone else a little surprised that James Conner is getting that kind of love? I, I wouldn't mean, say I'm surprised, but we've we've had an off season where nobody really talked about James Conner. I, I think what I'm saying. I they didn't think, even like his new deal. Yeah, remember? That's the thing. I, I feel like this is more what Maloney was saying earlier. Of the guys on the field recognize what's going on with James Conner. They recognize probably not a lot of fun to try and tackle at the two yard line. Exactly. So again, I was happy for James to actually see him get that kind of crud. Number eighty. 
Cardinals outside linebacker Victor Dimukeji and quarterback Trace McSorley made the most of their opportunities in Friday's win over the Bengals. So which other players caught your eye in preseason game number one? Uh, with Dimukeji was certainly one of them. Greg Dortch was at a 55-yard punt return. He had 89 total punt uh, return yards in the game. Trace McSorley was solid. I I couldn't help but notice the running backs. Maybe I was a little dialed in on the running backs, honestly, Wolf, to see how things are going to play out behind James Conner. But I thought Eno looked solid. I thought it was interesting Jonathan Ward got in the end zone twice, and then Keontae Ingram actually led the team in rushing, led the running backs in rushing, and he got in the end zone as well. So I just named like 18 players. Yeah, no, that's good right there, honestly. Trace McSorley and Victor Dimukeji, yes, indeed. They were my my superstars, if you will, of the game. Greg Dorch was fantastic. Uh, Will Hernandez, man, I loved, I loved it to see Will out there greasing it up. Now, once again, I realize he wasn't playing against starters, yet at the same time, it sure beats the alternative based on what I saw. Will Hernandez was getting a little greasy. I love that. Manny Jones. Oh my goodness, Manny Jones made five tackles as a defensive end, as a five technique. Five tackles for Manny Jones. Four of them were actually solo. Way to go, Manny. Loved it, man. Didn't Jesse Lemonier, he had a strip sack too, didn't he? I know he yes, had a he sack. That was, that was a solid play. According to reports, the Phoenix Suns will head to Denver to face the Nuggets on Christmas Day this upcoming season. What do you think this means that the Suns get yet another Christmas Day game? I can't help but, but lump it together with the Cardinals. And just we're in a city where it feels a lot of times like our teams have to really go above and beyond to get national recognition, Wolf. And yet here we are for the second straight Christmas, you're going to have the Suns and the Cardinals playing. And like you said earlier, for the second straight Christmas, you have the Cardinals playing a home game. Yeah. Um, you know what? I, I just think the basketball universe recognizes the fact the Phoenix Suns are going to be compelling and they're going to be relevant. Because they're going to get. Once again. You know. What? Because KD's going to be. You know what? I, I thought about that. Seriously, Mel, I did. I wrote that down in my notes. I mean, the superstar that is Devin Booker. And then, of course, CP3. Um, DA, DeAndre Ayton. Chris Paul. And, by the way, January 15th will be looming on September 25th. Isn't that right, Kevin Durant? I think Booker, CP3, and Mikel were all in Vegas to watch the Mercury play over the weekend, too. Look at that. Yeah, I saw that, man. I like it as a team. According to Mark Stein, one team executive believes Kevin Durant is more apt to retire than play again for the Brooklyn Nets. (laughs) Just stop. It's just it's weird just because no way. The end That's of coming the season. from KD in his camp, right? This happened to Carson, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, there's there's no doubt. Carson Palmer was going to retire. He did he was retire, not right? Going to play. Um, I I don't know if he actually retired. So kind of I like know that he was. Yeah, he <laughs> didn't turn in his papers, but it was retired. Kind of, it was not kind of like Fitz. Fitz isn't retired. He's retooling. Remember? Yes, yeah. he was not going to play for the Cincinnati Bengals and Mike Brown. He was not going to do it. Did didn't Kevin Durant say at the end of the season that he had confidence in Steve Nash or when Steve Nash is a good coach or however he worded it at the end of the season after they had just got swept by the Celtics, he had good things to say about Steve Nash. Yeah, he 
he did. And now it's like I'm gonna. I'd rather retire than play for that guy. They haven't played any games in the last three months, have they? Yeah, I, I think the passive aggressive Kevin Durant once again is forcing his way out of Brooklyn. The problem though with that that passage that Maloney is uh, pointing out is, I was looking for okay, do, do they mention the Suns at all here in this Mark Stein piece? And he says, I think it's well known that Kevin Durant would really like to play for Phoenix or Miami. <laughs> Or Boston. Yeah. Or Philadelphia. Like, okay, cool. So We could have done without the yeah, oars. Just cut those those other three out, and then I, I'll take it a little more seriously. All right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron, as always. When we come back, who stood out for the Cardinals in that win over Cincinnati on Friday night? We'll go through some names, and I want to get into this receiver room because you can only keep so many of these guys. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Sold and Kona Brewing. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports stadium. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. Hi, right, welcome back to the show. I know it's radio. One of us is broadcasting normally. One of us is wearing headphones over a regulation football helmet. Man, this feels really, really good. I'm kidding. I am telling you, it's been 20 years, maybe even more than 20 years since I last had a lid on. This is incredible. It, it's like it was made for me, Luke. It, you know, I'll give you that. It seems to fit you very well. No, I do have to say the headphones themselves don't seem to fit over it as well. Okay. The, oh, the they're, headsets they're not, that I'm yeah, wearing Yeah, it's right not now. really yes. coming down over you know the ear You what's amazing about it, though? I can actually feel it and hear it. Oh, that is so good right there. What do you want to talk about, Luke? This is maybe what they should do for, for whoever's going to wear the green dot. Just put these headphones on that you have. Uh, Make yeah, it totally I doubt that's going to happen, but it's amazing because I can actually hear it through the ear holes. No, you know what's amazing is the number of people that have walked by in the newsroom yeah. and kind of glanced in and not even given it a second look. Like, oh, yeah, they're just wearing a football helmet while broadcasting. In yeah, there. I went ahead and adjusted the chin strap, too. And I can tell you right now, this does make you feel really, really capable. Even though you're fat and 59, maybe you could just put this lid on and jack somebody if you could just get the spot above your eyes to hit right on the other guy's spot right below his lips. I'm almost concerned the number of people that have walked by and haven't even given you a second look. Yeah, you know what? It's Listen, Maloney said, hey, are you going to do it? Are you actually, could you possibly do an entire segment? Segment? We don't segment. call it segment. Do a whole season. We, just talk, <laughs> we don't call it that. Could you possibly do it? A beautiful part of the program with the helmet on. I said, yes, let's do it. All right. Well, I'm going to do my best to take you seriously while we have this conversation. Okay. It's not the helmet for some reason. It's the headphones over the helmet that are getting me. Uh, we talked briefly about this in Wolfing Down Your Lunch, but players that stood out over the, uh, the the weekend, the game on Friday night. This Let's start here. This is Cliff Kingsbury's evaluation of the game overall. You know, anytime you get, get out of preseason healthy and, and can play a clean game with substitutions, penalties, um, no turnovers, I thought that was uh, what we wanted out of it. Um, 
long way to go. A lot of stuff we got to get better at, but uh, we preach playing clean, and uh, I thought we did that for the most and part. Wolf, I want to start here with this guy's highlight. Here's Greg Dortch. On his away. Dortch under it at his own 20. Now starting to left. Hits the brakes. Comes back to the right. Now angle straight up the middle, and he's cutting to his left outside of the 40. 45-50. He's got a leg. He high stamps at the 40, inside of the 30, and then dragged down at the 25-yard line. How about Greg Dortch? Not just schooling people on cards camp. He's giving these return team a lesson out here, taking it to the Bengals. 55-yard punt return, 89 return yards overall. He was second on the team in receiving behind Andy Isabella. I know it's dangerous to get caught in preseason stats, but if you're talking about Greg Dortch as a guy that is fighting for a chance to make this team, I would yeah. say game one went pretty well no, for him. Oh, man, there's no doubt about it. Greg Dortch looked really, really good. And what makes it so promising for Greg Dortch also is the fact that he's a punt returner Mm -hmm. and a kickoff returner. He's a guy that can help out with special teams. That's huge for him. And I know that Andy Isabella as well is a gunner. Um, I don't know if he's one of the top two gunners for the Arizona Cardinals. I doubt that. So it's really going to be a tough make for Andy Isabella right now. But that, to me, there were two guys offensively at the receiver position that stood out and it was Andy Isabella and Greg Dortch. And one of the big reasons why I say that is because of how many times Andy Isabella and Greg Dortch were targeted in the game. Yeah, those were your two leading receivers, and it kind of leads into a a, a fairly pressing question. If you're looking at receiver, how many receivers can you really keep? You're going to keep DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, A.J. Green, Rondale Moore. Are you taking the helmet off? You're taking the headset off. And I, I had to unsnap the chin strap. It was just too tight. This is, you it should was get so tight. immediate induction into the Radio Hall of Fame there for doing a segment with a face mask on and not hitting the microphone. You know, now the, all of a sudden, there it is. Oh, yeah, look, you would take the, the chin strap and you would put it through the face mask just like this to keep it away from your mouth because there's nothing worse than a nasty chin strap. Imagine how nasty the chin strap actually gets in a football game. Okay. Yeah. Imagine that all the spittle and the sweat and the junk that is all over it right there. So you would you would unbuck it you would you would unbuckle the chin strap and then you would pull it through your face mask so that it wasn't hanging on your mouth, you know what I mean? Around your lips. So this feels really uh, okay. This is good. It's a lot. What were you talking about? Tighter no, looking than like about, a hockey chin strap. Okay, too. was my face turning red? Because mm. that's typically the way you want it. You it want it usually happens around noon. Anyway, it is kind of yeah. yeah. <laughs> what you usually start to get a little fired up around noon. I don't think it has anything to do with the helmet. Uh, by the way, we should mention the black Cardinals helmet with the red flex. Oh yeah, yeah. you know this is what they're going to wear this on right. Sunday. And they're going to wear it a couple times during the season, too. They're going to wear it, yeah. They're going to wear it uh, Sunday night, the Baltimore Ravens. so bright in the studio. I'm trying to get a picture of it I can send out where you can see the flex. And every picture I take looks like it's just a bunch of flex and nothing yeah. else. Boy, that's um, going to be interesting, too, because the Ravens helmet is so dark. It's that purple dark, right? It's that purple black is what it is. That's going to be really... Man, when you got two teams with really super dark bonnets... yeah. That could be problematic if you're yeah. playing quarterback. Uh, but no, the question I was asking 
at receiver, how many of these guys can you really keep? Because you know, you know, you're keeping Hopkins, Hollywood, AJ Green, Rondale Moore. I would assume Antoine Wesley. We don't know his injury status just yet. I mean, Greg Dortch, Andy Isabella. That right there, I just named seven receivers. Man, you're not keeping seven receivers, are you? Not. You're not. Go ahead. T- give it to me again because five, typically, you're going to go with five. But now the Arizona Cardinals, keep in mind, they run more 10 personnel. One back, no tight ends, four wide receivers. They run more 10 personnel than anybody else in the league. And it's not even close. And D-Hop suspended the first six weeks. Exactly. So you've got so a little bit got, more room. Okay, so forget about D-Hop okay. right now. So name name six guys, because I think they could actually keep six. Okay, well, if I if you're telling me to name six receivers that aren't DeAndre Hopkins, you go Hollywood Brown, yep. A.J. Green, yep. Rondale Moore, Antoine Wesley, Greg Dortch, Andy Isabella. Is that it? Wow, there it is. You get him in. You get him in right there. I, cu- I, I could see it. that happening. You get him in. Now, now Andy Isabella, who knows what's going to happen right there. That's honestly. not a given. You could that's, just keep that's five. That's not a given. You could go with five knowing that D-Hop was going to come back. But who knows who's going to get nicked up? Who knows what's going to happen in that wide receiver room? Still, when you run as much 10 personnel, D-Hop missing the first six weeks, man. You have so much wiggle room after that. Yeah. Uh, I That. That's not even a consideration right now. I, You know what? I could see him. I could see him keeping six guys. But you also have them keeping 14 tight ends, don't you? No, I oh, do not. Okay. Just three 12. tight ends. Just three tight ends. Yes. Speaking of tight ends, Max Williams is going to join us tomorrow after practice. No way! Are yep. you serious? Yep. Wow! Okay, That's... Max Williams. Max Williams. That's what, Dude is one of my favorite guys. Is he really? He plays the game the way he's, it's supposed to be played. He's very, very physical, of course. Um, just pulling for this guy. Max Williams. Never, That's great. Never would have uh, pegged Wolf for a Max Williams fan. Okay, still, though, well, think about the three tight ends and what a beautiful thing it is when you've got Zach Ertz, who is more move tight end than anything else. He's the H, ladies and gentlemen. He's more receiver as opposed to blocker. And then you have Max Williams, who is more blocker as opposed to receiver. And then you have Trey McBride, who should be a blend of the two right in the middle. That's all you need. Next! It's kind of like the running back room where you have James Conner, and you have Eno Benjamin, and then you have Darrell Williams, the That's blending a, of the two. There it is. Beautiful. Or like in, in the broadcast on Friday where you were wearing the suit without the tie, the blending of the old and the new together. And how awesome was that? We didn't have to wear a tie. You know, I'll be honest, I don't mind wearing a suit if I don't you know? have to wear a tie. Yeah, I, exactly. But I hate the tie. Yes. Yeah. You suddenly, just you, like, you feel like a penguin when you're wearing a tie. Although it was a little saucy there in Cincinnati. It was beautiful temperature-wise, but you could feel the humidity. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, kids can't wait for life-saving care. give week for Phoenix Children's re- continues on the Wolf and Luke Show. Next, it's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The give for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Auction Indian community. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station and the Arizona Sports app. Give-a-thon on the Wolf and Luke Show. It is the Give-a-thon for Phoenix Children's presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Ak-Chin Indian community. 
become a champion of hope for $20 a month, at least $20 a month. You can go over that if you want, but $20 a month and a teddy bear will be delivered to a patient in your name. You'll receive your choice of a kid's pass at Wildlife World Zoo or a cobblestone car wash. The number to call the Desert Financial Phone Bank is 602-933-4567. Wolf, I got a couple names here of people that have donated uh, during our show. I got Javier. Yes. Phoenix. Okay. 240 bucks. Beautiful Javier. Uh, Travis from Wickenburg, 240 bucks. Thomas from Scottsdale, 240 bucks. Bruce and Lauren from Scottsdale, 240 as well. And Cody from Gilbert, chipping in with $300. Wow. See, it how about makes that? a difference. It makes a huge difference right there. Can you imagine? I mean, love is strength, and strength is love. And to come alongside a child that is facing a life or death situation and Phoenix Children's, how much they help these children, and how many stories we hear of recovery and healing that happens at Phoenix Children's. This is the thing that we always have to keep in mind, and your donation makes it possible. No child or family is ever turned away from Phoenix Children's. No family or child is ever turned away because they can't financially pay for it. Do you know how huge that is? Oh, my goodness. Pick up the phone and call 602-933-4567. So many different programs they have there. They have 12 mental health rooms for focus on. Uh, they've got, they're the only level one pediatric trauma hospital in Arizona. Just all these different things. And a lot of the programs, Wolf, are, are almost 100% funded through philanthropy. So if you're driving around right now and you're like, ah, is it really going to make that much of a difference? Yeah, it is. Like, I get that it, it is a crazy time. Things have changed. The first year I ever did this was 2018. And obviously the world has changed a lot in that time. But if you can give, just rest assured, it, it absolutely absolutely does make a difference. Let's get to a check presentation from Sagicor. Hi, I'm Hannah Creech with Sagicor Life Insurance Company, and we are excited to partner with Phoenix Children's on this year's Give-A-Thon. For over 15 years, Sagicor has volunteered time and donated money in support of several Phoenix Children's initiatives. We are honored to present this check of $5,000. Call in to our phone bank at 602-933-4567 to help us raise $2 million for this year's Give-A-Thon. On behalf of Sagicor and our employees, I would like to thank Phoenix Children's for all that you do and continue to do to provide hope, healing, and the best health care for children and their families. So Sagicor chipping in right there. And uh, Wolf, it's time for another story of hope presented by Madame Holmes. Not all the stories we get to share with you about the amazing place called Phoenix Children's have a happy ending. How does a family who loses a daughter at the age of three months tell their story? What did Phoenix Children's give to the Jansen family? Time. This is Kendall's story. Hi, this is Mike. And I'm Nikki Jansen. And this is our family story. Wanted to have kids for quite a long time. We were able to have Cole and Adam. They were born in 2009. We were just so elated. In 2012, kind of a surprise of our life, Kendall was going to be arriving in September of 2012. Truly a gift and a miracle. We found out that she was a she, a girl. And also we found out that next breath that she was going to have quite a few challenges. We knew that her heart was unique to her alone. That's when PCH entered our lives. Because when you love someone, you open. 
was initially diagnosed with tetralogy of Fallot. She also had absent pulmonary valve syndrome, a very compromised heart, and also did not have a valve. So her heart was significantly enlarged, which impacted her breathing, her ability to digest food. The doctors told us they weren't quite sure if she would make it to birth. We were set up with Banner Health to prepare for her delivery and then would be transported over to Phoenix Children's Hospital. She was in the hospital for 10 days. We were able to take her home. She was able to stay home with us, I believe, for 38 days or something like that. The doctors were very open with us that it wasn't if she would have complications. It was just a matter of when. I knew something wasn't right. She wasn't breathing right, and she looked like she was becoming more and more distressed. We took her to an emergency room. She seemed to be stabilized, came back home, and then the last time, we just kind of knew that this was going to be a stay at Phoenix Children's Hospital. Then tragedy struck. She had a massive heart attack, and that's where, unfortunately, she had a stroke and became... Um, didn't have any brain activity, and the doctors guided us through that. If you love someone, and you're not afraid to lose them, you probably never love someone like I do. They had a division of life care services that also guided our young boys, who were three at the time, through that struggle. The nurses there were second to none. Um, can't say enough about the staff at the Phoenix Children's Hospital. I do a lot of coaching here in our community, and so I coach different age kids. My mind wanders quite a bit, you know. I wonder what Kendall would be like, or I wonder what she would look like, or I wonder what she'd be into. So, yeah. We were so fortunate that we had this incredible hospital in our backyard. Money is a big concern, and if you can give to help with giving the top-notch care to have that support in this fantastic facility with all the workers that specialize in these things and not have to worry about that piece when going through something like this was what we needed. There was always hope. So there you go. Three months. PCH uh, helps helps the Jansen family have at least those three months with their daughter Kendall. Um, as we said, you know, not not all these stories obviously have happy endings. That's that's why we are having this conversation today. You know, that is one of the incredible things about it is um, it's it's not only the bravery. these kids and what they're faced with. It's also the strength of their families. <laughs> Holy cow. The strength of the Jansons to be able to share their story about Kendall. You know, we used to have a saying in the game of football. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? You know what we can do about it? You pick up the phone and call 602-933-4567. 602-933-4567. Become a champion of hope in the name of Kendall. 
and her bravery. In the name of the Jansons and their strength, pick up the phone and call 602-933-4567. All we need is $20 a month. There are five people that are listening right now, man. There are five people. You're in your cars. You're driving around, and you're listening to this right now. You know that you can afford $20 a month. You know that you can. Or one time at $240. Hey, maybe. Maybe you can afford more than that. Maybe you can pick up the phone and call and say, you know what, 500 bucks? I got no problem doing that. Pick up the phone, please. Support the families that live here. Support these children that are faced with serious circumstances. 602-933-4567. And that sound right now means we are in a match. So if you pick up that phone right now, Cobblestone Auto Spa is going to match your donation. Uh, Become a champion of hope. $20 a month at least. You can do more. A teddy bear will be delivered to a patient in your name. And you'll receive your choice of a kid's pass at Wildlife World Zoo or a cobblestone car wash. So again, that number 602-933-4567. We got volunteers standing by at the Desert Financial Phone Bank to take your call and Cobblestone Auto Spa is going to match your donation if you call now. is the train teddy bear express too, wolf so we're getting some more teddy bears delivered to patients of pch in your name if you become a champion of hope when we come back back to football what's the benefit of having kyler murray call plays in live now game action in the preseason we saw it friday night we'll hear from cliff kingsbury next it's the wolf and luke show on 98.7 fm arizona sports station Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. I am sort of uh, intrigued by the fact, Wolf, that they never came in and took that helmet out of here. It's just now a part of our show. I like it. That is very, very cool right there. Once again, the black helmet. The Arizona Cardinals are going to win coming up this Sunday night on a nationally televised game against the Baltimore Ravens. A black helmet, when the light hits it, it's got some flecks of red in it, doesn't it? Very, very cool. I like the helmets where you look from a different angle and they look different, right? And that's that's what they got going on there. And of course, obviously, I like the black helmet since 97% of my wardrobe is black. Cliff Kingsbury on Friday after the game talked about the benefit of Kyler Murray calling some plays in the fourth quarter. Yeah, what I've found is, you know, they'll call their favorite plays and sometimes they're not um, that open to tell you, hey, coach, I don't like this, but I love this. And um, when they believe in a play and, and call it on their own, they usually find a way to make it work. And, and that's always been my belief since I started coaching quarterbacks. So here's the thing, Wolf. Like, we're, we're listening to the story. We're watching it play out on Friday. We've seen it at camp. We're saying, oh, this is so funny. Kyler's calling plays. Yeah. I think there's actually some, some validity and some reasoning behind what Cliff is doing. This is not just, hey, you're not doing anything. Call some 
plays, buddy, or like that quote that he had the first time where he's like, all right, big dog, you see how you like it. Yeah. I think he's actually, like he just said right there, he's kind of getting a sense of some of the plays Kyler likes to run. He's keeping Kyler engaged if Kyler's not going to play in the preseason. We don't know that for sure yet, but he hasn't played much. Sure. Didn't play at all in the, in the game on Friday. Haven't really seen him a whole lot even in camp yet. So this is another way to be not just involved like busy work, but give him another perspective on the position they need him to master. Yeah, you know, I said this to Dave Pash, and uh, he kind of ripped me for it. But that's okay. It's David, and it's what we do. I was going to say, up in the did broadcast. you just rip him right before that? <laughs> exactly. That's probably why. Because we're just ripping each other back and forth. There's no doubt about it. But I said it's it teaches a play caller so much empathy, especially when that play caller is a quarterback. And he said, yeah, Wolf, there's more to it than just the empathy part of it. And I said, well, yeah, but really stop and think about what I'm saying. Um... Listen, you just heard Cliff talking about the fact that you're going to sit there and go over the play, the playlist, the call list. You're going to do that before a game and you're going to get a feel for what your quarterback loves and what he doesn't really love. And then you're going to say, okay, well, we'll cross that play out. But it's important that you understand you've got to call plays your quarterback feels confident in executing. You've got to call plays he feels good about. And what happens if, in fact, you know there's a play that is out there that is so good, even if he doesn't feel great, you got to call it. Guess what? You can't do it. Because you have to do something that your quarterback feels very, very comfortable with. So it teaches a play caller empathy, what it's like when you call a play you know is good, and maybe your quarterback didn't didn't say that he had an exception to it. And you're calling this play that you know is going to work. And suddenly you call that play, and the quarterback looks over to the sideline and shakes his head no. How does that make you feel? Hey, you you didn't say you had an exception to this play before the game. And now all of a sudden, I'm calling this play. It's going to work, and you're shaking your head no at me? Um, yeah, Kyler. That's a great thing to learn. Empathy. Well, I would also say this. It's we talk, not easy, Luke. We talked to Trace McSorley earlier in the show, and we asked him, because if you if you watch that game on Friday, or if you've been at some of the Cardinals' practices, and you see Kyler on the sideline when he's calling the plays, he seems into it, Wolf. And, and it, this is not meant as a knock on Kyler Murray, but generally speaking, he doesn't show a lot of emotion, right? Yeah. I mean, I referenced the, the Hale Murray earlier in the show. That was only like half of a joke. Everybody was going crazy. That game was on every TV everywhere for the next seven days. And Kyler Murray's initial reaction was he looked like, oh, yeah, we were supposed to do that. But when he's calling the plays, like he was into it. He had a big smile on the sidelines as Cliff's showing him how to turn the headset on, which is kind of important if you're going to awesome. call the plays. Uh, and we, we asked Trace about that, and he's like, yeah, no, he's, he's like, he's into this. Now, obviously, he's going to be in this league for another decade if he wants to be as a player, and he's still evolving as a player. But. If this is any little way to just kind of, you know, give him, like you said, a little empathy for what's going on, give him a little perspective that maybe he didn't have, you're looking for ways for Kyler Murray to grow. No matter what, this isn't hurting him, and it might be helping him. Yeah, and, you know, again, too, it's just so good to go through the offense and do it from a play caller's perspective when you're looking at what kind of defense is being run out there. Maybe there's a team that is making adjustments. Will you be able to adjust as well? 
role in play calling. It teaches you an awful lot of things, but more than anything else, again, it just keeps you within the context of who you are and what it is that you are doing. And it really shows you what it's like from a different perspective. I honestly, I remember that is a growth opportunity, and I think he's growing. I remember even just playing sports growing up, and then being in a position where you're kind of teaching kids how to play the sports, teaching them some strategy. Just when you're okay, all of a sudden you're not playing, right? You're teaching. Then the next time you go out there and play yourself. It does, you kind of, you're bringing a different perspective into it. Even if you're just kind of getting back to basic stuff you already know, but you're forcing your mind to think that way for a little bit, it helps. It really yeah. does help. How about you go ahead, Kyler, and put the quarterback under center? How many times did he actually go? I, like, I mean, the I first one. Three. Yeah, the very the, first one. The, the very first one, but I think it was three different times, three separate times, maybe even four, that he actually called to play with a quarterback under center. And there was one time I laughed out loud, man. It was a first and 10. It was 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends. They lined up with a quarterback under center and ran the inside play. <laughs> it was like, you've got to be kidding me. This is beautiful, Kyler. It's a great thing to understand the power of the ordinary. Because as we all know, there can be no extraordinary without the ordinary. Uh, more from Cliff not getting involved in Kyler's play calling in that fourth quarter. No, I just stayed. I just took it off and stayed out of it. I, I didn't want to put any added pressure on him, so I just let him let him have at it. Um, but he's been doing it in practice some, and um, like I said, he's done a nice job, and he likes doing it. Gets excited when good things happen, and he's he's a tough coach when bad things happen. Don't you just wonder what Cliff's thinking? Like you know, there's moments on the sidelines. Cliff's like, oh, okay, good. That's a good call for, you know, a fourth-year quarterback. Sure. And then you know there's some where he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you can't call that right here. Yeah, I loved it, too. It just You could see Cliff, too, the look on Cliff's face when he was walking around without the headsets on. What a weird sensation yeah. that had to be for him walking around in a preseason game, walking around in a football game in the fourth quarter without headsets on. That had to, that's the first time that's happened. Yeah, because I mean, he already just by nature of who he is, you know, he's a younger coach. He doesn't he doesn't always look like hey, there's a grizzled head coach over there. Like if Belichick didn't have the headset on, it would look weird. Yeah. But you'd also be like, oh, there's the head coach. But when Cliff's walking around without the headset on either, you're like, who is this guy over here? Yeah. Right? And you're right. He just kind of looks. know with lost. COVID, he missed games. Yeah. We we know that. But again, to be walking around in the fourth quarter of a real football game preseason though it be uh, that had to feel really weird to him alright we come back over to basketball the Suns set to play on Christmas yet again two straight years what does it say about their national profile and what about the Valley Sports national profile with the Suns and Cardinals playing on Christmas two straight years that's next it's the Wolf and Luke show on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station